Come on, man. And with the local DBC news, Evan Kujay with the triumphant comeback. But tonight, don't call it a comeback. Welcome to the AJ Bucon Podcast. This is episode 8, December 16th, 2019, and this episode is entitled Remember the Nights. I could not think of a better song to start off this podcast than LL Cool J, Mama Said Knock You Out. Definitely captures everything that was going on during this season for the Maroon Knights as they march their way to their third straight single A championship. I am here today with three incredible players, three captains from the football team, Curtis McGee, Adam Murray, and Jacob Ryan. And I am excited to have a conversation with them about some of their memories of the past season as well as their past playing here at Central Catholic High School. So let's get this started. All right, we are ready for the AJ Bucon podcast. I have three incredible, incredible people here with me today. I am truly blessed on a Friday afternoon to have these three gentlemen in here to talk about what's going on in their lives. I have Curtis McGee, Adam Murray, and Jacob Ryan, three of the four captains from the Central Catholic High School Maroon Knight State Championship. Uh, what was the team? Oh, football team. Football team. Uh, was it two, two years in a row? Three. Three. Three years. Three years in a row. Three-time state champions. Wow. That is fantastic. So what have you guys been up to recently? You know, football has ended. Um, I know you got the daily grind of school still going on, but what's been going on in your lives since you won that, that state championship uh, last weekend? Jacob, how about you? Why don't you start off? Tell us what you've been going on in your life. I mean, well, we've, just, we've had a couple of different things throughout the week, you know, to sort of celebrate. We went, went to TJ's last week, um, you know, got honored there by TJ's and uh, – Seven news, so that was nice. And other than that, you know, I've just been sort of enjoying being able to relax, mm -hmm. you know, just go home, sort of let my body recover and everything like that. Yeah. You got pounded pretty hard in that championship game, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I, took, I, took I saw your minutes. mom up there. She was going, oh, Jacob, no, no. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. It was it was a tough game, but you got pounded pretty hard in that. It's, it's good to see you, you fully recovered. What about you, Curtis? What have you been doing uh, since uh, the season's been over? Well, my season was cut short, so I've kind of just been focusing on rehabbing my knee, which I recently mm -hmm. had surgery on. So that's going well. I have therapy twice a week. I actually just came from there. So I'm just trying to uh, re-strengthen my leg and just get on the track that I want to be on. Okay. How's it been going with your knee? Is it getting better, you feel like? Yeah, it's definitely getting better. The first couple of days were really rough, but, mm -hmm. I mean, that's just what happens when you, you're, you get your body cut, up, right. cut open. But ever since then, I mean, it's getting better every single day. I'm making really good progress, so it's going well. Well, good, good. And, you know, it was great seeing you down there on the sidelines uh, during the game. I know that was probably a difficult challenge for you and the team to overcome once you were injured, but it was great to see you down there uh, supporting everyone. And, of course, Adam Murray. Adam, what have you been doing? No, I've just been uh, chilling out and getting ready for the exams coming up. Um, mm -hmm. uh, like Jacob said, we've been celebrating uh, TJ's. Um, we have a banquet coming up this weekend, so we'll be getting ready for that. Cool. Excellent. Well, hey, guys, um, I know you 
all three of you throughout your careers have received all kinds of accolades, different awards for things. Um, I want to talk a little bit about some of the personal stuff that's gone on this season and just just get some insights about, um, you know, what it's been like for you, uh, not only this year, but in the past, um, you know, four years that you've been on the team. So um, I'm going to start off and just kind of start with this season. And, uh, you know, the unique thing about this team when I was watching it is um, you never knew what was going to happen. Something was always unexpectedly going on. And there was a, a certain resiliency in the teams. Like you, you had to find a way to come together, even though, you know, there were games where you were like knocked around the field. There were times when you had to come back in the next game and, and turn it up a little bit more. You had Curtis's injury. Um, you had all kinds of things that are going on, all kinds of challenges uh, to you. So could you just tell us, um, tell us a little bit about maybe a favorite memory that you have of this season? Not necessarily, maybe a, it could be a play, but it could be something else, but just something that you think epitomizes the character of this team that makes it stand out as a really unique team for your senior year. Um, I'd say yeah. down in Tulsa, our first round, when Jacob threw the, uh, there were 13 seconds on the clock, he threw the game-winning touchdown down there. Um, that really just shows what kind of team we were, how resilient we were. We never quit, and that just kind of shows um, what Central's all about. And Yeah, yeah can I... When you saw, when that was going on, were you on? See, I wasn't down there at the game, so I don't know who was all on that on the field. Then were you on the field when he threw that? Yeah, I was at the fullback uh, blocking for him, and I was kind of thinking, "Wow, we're, this is the end. It's, it's down here in Tulsa. I can't yeah. believe it's ended here." And look up, see Jacob throw a perfect ball mm -hmm. to Jalen, and just went crazy. Yeah. Did you? I mean, I know you had faith in him, but like that's like, to be honest, that's like a miracle play. Isn't it? Yeah. So, can you kind of tell us about like what was going through your mind as that play was um, developing? I was just kind of hoping everyone would uh, get their blocks to give Jacob the time because I know that he's been working on all year with his dad on becoming a better quarterback since right. Curtis went down. Um, he kind of knew he had to come in the position and take charge of the team, and that's what he did. Right. Yeah. It, incredible play. It was incredible to listen to it on the radio. I think everyone, a lot of people were like kind of saying, "Oh no, it's over," and, and turned it off. Then mm -hmm. I was like. You gotta listen to this to the end, and it was like, yeah, that of anything, that's a, definitely a miracle play, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, Jacob, why don't we why don't we bounce over to you since uh, Adam was mentioning you there? How about you? Is that a particular memory that you had of this year? Well, I mean, it doesn't really have to do with you know winning or anything, but one thing that I thought was pretty cool that we did was the day of the state championship was the canned food drive. Mm -hmm. We picked out the bags, and I mean, just about our entire team was out doing that. You know, that was the day where everyone could have just been like, you know, we're just going to sleep in, right. big game tonight, mm -hmm. not do anything. Uh, but we all got out there, went to where we were supposed to go, uh, picked up a lot of bags, mm -hmm. sort of help out those who uh, who need it. And I was really proud of uh, all of our team for going out and doing that. Yeah, I, I think, you know, and I think many times um, – we only see what's going on in the newspaper. We only hear what's going on on social media. And sometimes like, things that you do like that kind of get swept under the rug and you don't always hear about it. And that really, you know, for the team to go out there and do that on a really cold Saturday morning facing a, a championship game against an undefeated team, um, yeah, it shows a lot of your character. I think it's a really good memory to have with that. So, yeah, that was definitely um, something remembering Something worth remembering there. Cool. All right, Curtis, how about you? Um, mine really isn't on that type of side, like winning or anything. It kind of just shows the, like, goofiness of our team a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, like, I think it was in maybe a couple a couple of days before – I would say a week before the Williamstown game, we were all uh, at my house, and uh, we were by sheets, and we were just we were just playing Madden and everything all night. And we it was like 4 in the morning, and someone said that they were hungry. And we, they, I was like, okay, let's go upstairs get something to eat. But instead, we decided to walk to Sheets in the middle of the absolute night, and it was packed, and we probably waited there for a solid 45 minutes and then walked back. And then I think we did it the week after, and then we made a Sheets run. And I won't say who, but someone was running across the road and rolled their ankle, and uh, they were a starter on the team. So it was kind of worrisome that they might not be able to play, but – they got treatment and they played. So that just kind of shows the goofiness of our team. Like, I don't know. We're always some, like, we're always clowning around, but we're always being serious at the same time because once, 
I mean, once those lights come on, it's just mm -hmm. like, it's time to get serious. Yeah. I, you know, t you all have been together for a long time. I mean, how many years have the three of you been together, like playing football? Kindergarten. You played football in kindergarten? Flag football. Flag football, Flag. but tackle football in first, second grade. Now, you all went, all three of you went to St. Michael, correct? Yeah, right. I graduated from St. Michael's too. Go Mustangs, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Back in the, when I was in school, you, they called us the Mike Men. Did you know that? Uh, it, used to be the Saint, it used to be the St. Michael's Mike Men. I don't know what that means, but then they changed it to Mustangs after we left. But yeah, you know, for, and that's a, that's a, I think that's a big um, part of your story and everything that's been going on in your lives, the three of you. And uh, is there anyone else that Jalen went, did Jalen go to St. Michael? He was a Corpus, Corpus Christi, Christi, right? Um, so almost all of you were coming in through the parochial system um, here in the Ohio Valley and in Wheeling. So, um, you know, to be a, been together that long, it, it is, it's really a testimony to the kind of friendship that you all have, that you're able to kind of hang out there and, and, and do those things before the season even starts. But um, I think it's great. I think it's fantastic that you all have that, that kind of relationship where you can relax, have a good time. But then, as you said, what was it? Turn when, when the when lights, lights come when on. The lights come on. It's showtime. You got to do what you got to do. And you always, you always did that. And I think that's a real testimony, again, uh, to your character. Now, you three, um, I'm going to kind of move on a little bit to another question. You three uh, probably receive more attention because of the positions that you play, you know, as quarterback and linebacker um, and the awards that you've won. Um, more attention kind of is focused on you. And I think you get a lot of acclaim for the team, but we all know that, you know, it is a team effort. And I think that's one of the things that you demonstrated this year. And when Curtis goes down, it's, it was very easy. It would have been very easy to say, Oh, I don't know what we're going to do. And I, it was an interesting story that you all had with Jacob coming, coming through and developing and, and you all riding it out the rest of the way. But I think um, I'd like to hear from all of you. Are there people on the team that maybe don't, they're not in the spotlight the way that you are. Um, but without them, this season wouldn't have been possible. And it, and it could be seniors, it could be underclassmen, but um, some people that may not have got received, the, they won't receive the accolades that you all did, but they, they still did. They were a vital part of the team. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, some of those people? Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, one that immediately comes into my mind is uh, Vinny High. He's a junior. Uh, he stepped up. He stepped up for us at uh, outside linebacker this year, and he just got recognized second team all state. But what a lot of people don't know is like he played wing back for us and made a ton of good blocks that like really mm -hmm. helped spring our running backs, quarterbacks, receivers into the end zone. And like really, we didn't know who was going to step into that linebacker role this year because when Anthony Robbins graduated, mm -hmm. I mean. We were like kind of like us two were wondering all like offseason, like who's who's going to take these spots on defense. Right. And out of all of them, I'd say Vinny Hyde definitely. I mean, he had a tremendous year. Like, I mean, I know, and especially in the playoffs, he came along. Like, no one really wanted to run the ball at him. I mean, he just made a ton of great plays yeah. throughout the whole year. Oh, cool, cool. Um, I'd probably uh, say Michael Haran. Um, he started last year and this year. Um, I know from uh, picking him up a couple mornings, he was always asking me to go to the weight room uh, to get stronger in the off season. Um, they don't really get much recognition up front, but he played a really big part in why we won back-to-back uh, -back state championships um, from last year and this year. And he's just a great guy. I mean, he works his tail off, and uh, he deserves uh, to be get some recognition for what he's done for this team for the past uh, four years. Yeah, I remember. And I'm just this is kind of a Michael Horan story. I've known Michael for three years. Um, I had him in my homeroom and I just remember because you were talking about the canned food drive and it kind of triggers all these memories. And I just remember it was me, um, Michael Horan and Timmy McCabe <laughs> sophomore year. <laughs> and we we're just walking around um, in Elm Grove doing that. And I was like, I couldn't figure out Michael Horan, my light defender. He was like, I don't know. He was like, he's much more talkative now, but he just seemed like he was so quiet back when he was a sophomore. Um, but, you know, to me, I know I get on him all the time in school about stuff and doing his best. But, you know, it's I agree with you. I think he's someone that um, has really worked hard and he has grown a lot uh, since his sophomore year. And I'm glad that you mentioned him. He's, he's done a, accomplished a great lot um, as a player and a student as well. Yeah. How about you, Jake? 
Oh, uh, one guy that you know, no one really even notices him. You mm-hmm. know, they don't even know he really plays. He's a freshman, Riley Watkins. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's only five six, one twenty, not yeah. very big at all. But um, he sort of stepped in about midway through the season, started playing fullback. You know, he really wasn't getting a whole lot mm-hmm. of carries because of House and Peyton and guys like mm-hmm. that. You know, he stepped in. He started playing fullback, and you know, he's a guy that's you know really small, like five six, like I said. But I mean, he did exactly what you asked him to do. Uh, made blocked but just about every play uh so really him stepping in there playing fullback giving adam a break when he needed it that was huge for us and you know like i said i mean did a really good job there too cool well how about the rest of the seniors who are the other seniors on the team i want to make sure we get everyone because it's a you know it's a senior class there were like nine seniors on the team more than that probably nine like 11 well we started off with 12 12 yeah. i think and with yeah. 11 yeah. 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 yeah that happens sometimes that's all right yeah so uh, there's Jalen. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. Hayden Mans, mm-hmm. CJ, CJ, Josh Custer, mm-hmm. Kyle Brown. Now Josh did not play. No, as he, he hasn't played football before, right? No, uh, but he came on this year. He, he, he did, did a really good job, good job coming in. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle Brown also didn't come out. Yeah, mm-hmm. he didn't play the first three years, and then he came out this year and started at center for us. And center is a really hard position. Yeah, I, how how did he learn the ropes that quickly? Did I mean that must have been tough. Yeah, yeah, that's actually the <laughs> second year in a row we've had a guy come out first year and start oh, really? centers. Wow. Don Mills okay. did that too last okay. year. So, I mean, I'd say like part of it is credit to our coaches. Mm-hmm. You're just getting us yeah. ready and everything like that. Cool. Okay, who else we got? Make sure we got everyone. We got CJ and Hayden. Uh, Peyton Anderson. Peyton Anderson. I thought she was going to run the ball there at the end of the championship (laughs) game. I was like, (laughs) Ethan Turner. Oh, E.T. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, cool. Um, I think we got everyone. I believe so. Yeah. All right. Well, cool, guys. Hey, um, we're going to take a little bit of a break here. um, And we'll be right back at a couple more questions for you. And um, appreciate all all your thoughtfulness and your ideas now. All right. We'll be right back. Okay, uh, we are back here on the AJ Bucon podcast with Jacob Ryan, Adam Murray, and Curtis McGee. Uh, this is our second and final segment here with the guys. And um, we've been talking a lot about what their season was like, influential players, different people that uh, helped out the team. So we're kind of keeping in the same vein, but maybe go in a little bit different direction. I want to know from you, because you all been around here four years, um, and you just don't walk in. I don't think you just walk in being the player. Some, you know, Well, maybe you, Curtis. <laughs> walking in the player that you are, you know what I mean? I'm just messing it up. It took a lot. Yeah, it, does. it takes time. It's not something that happens overnight. And I think part of you know the tradition here at Central is um, that you have players that come before you that are kind of showing you the ropes or either like showing you different ways of playing your position or maybe even uh, inspiring you uh, to kind of, you know, play as they play or to lead as they lead. Um, and so I like kind of like to hear from all of you about maybe a, a player or two who may have influenced you or maybe given you some inspiration in the past. And we're going to start over here with Curtis this time. And um, how about you, Curtis? Anyone? Uh, two guys come to mind immediately. One is, I didn't know this kid coming in to Central, really. I mean, it was kind of like we just met through off-season, like workouts and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, Dylan Baker, mm-hmm. um, he kind of took me under his wing my freshman year. We both played the same position on defense, and I ended up starting in his spot when he got hurt his senior year in a playoff game. And, I mean, we've kind we've been close ever since. Like, we keep in contact mm-hmm. and everything. He kind of just, like, I don't know, took me under his wing, just showed me how, like, high school football works. Mm-hmm. And then someone else I would say, uh, this dude's been my best friend for, like, I don't know, a long, long time. Uh, Bray Price, he just graduated last year. Uh, we always talked about together, like, football has always been our main thing. And we always talked about, like, using that as, like, an outlet to, like, get out of here and go somewhere else in this country. And, I mean, I don't know, we always just held each other accountable, even in the off season. Like, we, like, say if I was too lazy to go work out one day, he'd be like, no, come on, we got to go do this. I mean, we always held each other accountable, always talked about our plans to get out. I mean, and that's, I mean, we did it. And then, like, when I, committed I mean we were just even when he committed we were just so happy for each other like he's in Illinois right now I'm going up the Rhode Island next year 
So I say like me and Bray were like brothers. I mean, we always held each other accountable and just worked hard together just to accomplish our goals. So I definitely say those two. Cool. cool. Two excellent uh, former players here. Two great individuals. But you, Adam? Um, I'd say my cousin Mason Warner uh, for the first one. Um, growing up, he used to play here a couple uh, years, many years ago. Um, he kind of taught me what Central was all about. Um, he won a couple state championships, so I actually got to see the tradition and what he went through. So it kind of inspired me to come to Wheeling Central and want to be a part of it. And when I came in as a freshman, Chance Chambers um, took me under his wing, um, taught me a lot about the position at linebacker, uh, what I need to know, how to play it, because um, I really didn't know what position I wanted to play coming in from middle school. And I ended up eventually starting at inside linebacker right by his side, so it was good having him there with me. Cool, cool, excellent. How about you, Jacob? You know, um, I've been sort of going to Central practices ever since I was five, like back in like 2008, 2009, those years. And watching those guys practice, guys like, you know, Alex Palachetti, Dan Gordon, uh, Ian Yankee was, you know, one of my favorite players just because, you know, he's a really small guy, but he played so hard. He played receiver did everything coaches asked him. And that's how all those guys were back then. You know, they did exactly what the coaches asked of them. They played really hard. So, you know, that's where, you know, I kind of look at that and look up to those guys. And that's, you know, how I tried to play. And another guy's uh, my brother, Isaac, who graduated a couple years ago. You know, when he was playing, you know, I was on the sidelines. You know, I was one of his biggest fans. And, you know, this past year, uh, seeing how supportive he was of me when I had to step in and play quarterback these past couple weeks, especially, you know, he became uh, my biggest fan. So it meant a lot to me, cool. that support he gave me. Oh, great, great. So other than these people that have played on the team with you or maybe played years before you, are there some people, um, and clearly you have family, and this could be an opportunity to maybe give a shout-out to them or other people that – have been important to your success other than just your teammates? Um. Well, I definitely say uh, my coaches, especially uh, Coach Young. Um, it's honestly a blessing to have him as my head coach. Um, I think we can all count to that and say we all are. Um, also, my family members, my mom, my dad, and my sister, um, I wouldn't be in this position without them. Um, they raised uh, The way they raised me, and the way they taught me how, uh, right from wrong, making good decisions um, about being at Central. My sister actually was was at Central. Uh, taught me a lot about what it was like here, and it's just I wouldn't be here without them. Um, you know, one guy is uh, Lee Palachetti. Uh, he was our he, it was his first year coaching this year as a quarterbacks coach, and you know, he's just a fun guy, like just funny, one of the funniest dudes I've met. And he was our quarterback coach, so you know he was always there, you know, helping me out. You know, doing drills with me at practice, putting confidence in me to go out there and do my best. And, you know, definitely wouldn't have been able to do some of the stuff this year without him. So, Cool, cool. How about you, Curtis? Um, I mean, definitely it's kind of cliche to say your family and friends, coaches. So, I mean, 110% all of my family, they've been there for me forever. 100% my support system, friends, even a couple of specific ones. I'm not going to say the names, but – uh, one, and all my coaches, but one coach that really stands out is uh, Coach K, Shannon Kaczynski. Um, ever since, I would say, me and Adam and Jacob, it was our sophomore year, he's been doing everything he could to, like, get us recruited, like, put our information out there and everything. Mm -hmm. Like, he literally would send our information to every single college coach in the country, wow. D1, D2, mm -hmm. D3, NAIA, even junior college. Mm -hmm. And he constantly did that. I mean, I would say he did that for me at least four times a year. He's constantly on the phone talking to these coaches, trying to get us looks. And, I mean, if it wasn't for Coach K, I would, Adam would say this himself, we wouldn't be going where we were right now. So I think, I mean, all the credit goes to Coach K just for doing everything he could because he didn't have to do that. That's not in his job description. His job description is just to coach us and make us better football players. But for him to take time out of his busy schedule and just constantly uh, get our name out there because playing in West Virginia, it's not easy to get recruited at all. Like, right. I mean – Mm -hmm. People look at West Virginia and just, I don't know, don't think really much, don't think anything of it really. So for him to do that out of his spare time, it just means a lot to me just to get me to where I wanted to go in life. So I would definitely say Coach K for sure. Cool. Excellent. Well, um, I have to say, um, this is from my, my kind of point of view, um, 
as a fan and as a teacher, it's been really uh, great following your careers, um, just, you know, your three careers, but also, the, you know, the, the team throughout the years. Um, I think you all carry yourselves really well in school uh, and in the community. Um, you def all definitely work really hard in the classroom. I don't think that, you know, sometimes, you, you know, there's this stereotype of athletes and what they do, and you, you definitely don't fit into that stereotype. And uh, I think all the three of you have a, a great future ahead of you. It's been a pleasure. Uh, you're a fantastic group. I, I appreciate your stopping in here on a Friday afternoon. I know you got places to go, people you want to see, <laughs> trouble you want to get. No, we're not getting any trouble, right? No. no. All right. All right. You, de you definitely got a lot of exams to prepare for. Uh, definitely a book you probably need to be finishing up. I'm just joking. It's not, not due till Monday. Yeah. But, you know, um, appreciate all of your hard work and being great representatives of uh, Central Catholic High School uh, in the community. Uh, you know, can't say that enough. I think you all do a fantastic job. Uh, get some rest. You, you've deserved it. Uh, you deserve it. It's been a, a long season. Uh, get those exams done and give yourself some rest. Enjoy the rest of your senior year. Thanks. Thank Thanks. you very Thank much you. for being on. Thanks for Thank having you. us. Absolutely. And that is a wrap for episode eight of the AJ Bucon podcast. What's up, buddy? Uh, I want to thank Curtis, Adam, and Jacob again for stopping by on a Friday afternoon to do the podcast. Um, it was a real tribute uh, to the people in your lives who have influenced you and, and guided you along the way that you're able to do such an um, incredible interview um, to tribute to your character uh, as well that uh, you're able to speak highly of people who have influenced you and uh, speak highly of, of your teammates as well. I know sometimes in, in this society that we have, um, social media technology ends up putting a microscope on everyone. I mean everyone. Um, it's very difficult to say anything or do anything without many people finding out about it. And I think young people nowadays um, are suffering the consequences of that. I think when when students um, are successful, you know, we hear about it on social media. But also when when things go wrong, uh, things don't go right. Word um, word tends to spread very quickly and um, they are definitely put under a, a larger microscope and a more intense microscope than we have um, ever experienced in our lives um, and as young people it is it is an additional challenge to have on them um, as they're they're growing into adulthood and so I think it's important to remember that you know when we look at young people um, we recognize what they do on the football field the basketball court in the classroom on the stage, wherever it may be, that uh, despite all the successes that they're going to have, there are going to be times when they fail, um, they may not make the right choices, and I think it's important that, that we continue to support them and to realize that, hey, um, we like where you're going, we see the, we see the positive things in you, um, and we like the direction that you have. And I say that because I see that every day uh, with young people. Um, it's difficult not for them not to focus on the negative aspects of their lives. I think we all do that sometimes. And I think it's very important that as adults and even as, as peers to one another, if you're a, a teenager, uh, to find the good in people and to not talk about the, you know, the negative things and just try to keep, you know, keep it on the high road as, as much as possible. Um, so again, it was a great uh, podcast today. Sorry about the delay getting um, one out last week. Um, just so many things going on in my life, uh, but it just gave you an opportunity to maybe catch up on some that you have missed. Um, I want to recognize uh, as I close out here, LL Cool J from his 1990 CD. I, you know, always wanted to play that on a, a podcast. Never thought I would. And uh, Mama said, knock you out. Love that song. I want to thank my podcast listeners, the readers of Time and Space. Um, and uh, you can find this podcast on multiple platforms, Anchor, Spotify, Breaker Radio, Radio Public, and iTunes. Uh, please like and subscribe. Uh, it would be great if you can help me spread the word a little bit. If you need to uh, contact me, um, you can contact me at uh, 
podcast.whatsupbuddy at gmail.com. You can also contact me through my website, www.ajbucon.com. My book, My Corner of the World, is still available on Amazon. Uh, Please check it out if you haven't already done so. Um, Thank you so much for listening. And again, uh, let's always remember to... um, Whenever possible, do it as much as possible. Um, Be kind to one another. Uh, Do the right things. uh, Make good choices. uh, And make the world a better place. Thank you so much for listening. and take out that garbage. What's up, buddy? Welcome to the AJ Bucon podcast. Uh, It is a Friday afternoon. I'm really tired. It's been a long day. Um, this is a special podcast because it's been. This is um, this is podcast number ten. Ooh. I I haven't really decided on the episode title yet. I know I have right. a special guest here. I'm at school. It is two thirty in the afternoon. Two thirty-two. Um, my special guest has to leave in about thirty minutes because his mommy's coming to pick him up. Okay. Well, he's um, coming to pick up. So, his brother. And anyhow, and uh, so anyhow, yeah, I am here today. I've got a stack of scrap folios mm-hmm. sitting on my table. Um, I have to read all of these. I don't know when I'm going to do this. I hope that I can get through some of them before I leave. But I wanted to start today by having a nice conversation with one of my former students. He graduated back in 2000. Wait. This is. Wait, I, I got it. This is 2020 this year. Yeah. Last year was 2019. You graduated the year before. A graduate, 2018. Yes, sir. 2018. This is. Um, I'm here with. Nathan Blair. Nathan Blair. You had me hanging on suspense. I know. Every, he is, every word. There, I know. Every syllable. He is a, a, a sophomore. Yes. At Ohio no. State's arch nemesis. Not well, anymore. one of not the. Not as much anymore. No, not as much anymore because Indiana's not really that good at sports anymore. Okay, well, but no, I'm just joking. Yeah. Indiana University. We got the Gator Bowl Rob from us. Okay. So talk to us a little bit about what you've been doing at Indiana University. All right. So uh, since I've graduated from Central, I'm now sophomore at uh, IU. It's fantastic. I'm a uh, student in the Kelly School of Business there, which for those of you who don't know, and not to sound like I'm bragging or anything, but it is the number 10 uh, undergraduate business program in the United States, which I'm really proud to be a part of. I'm part of the uh, economic consulting and public policy analysis uh, double major track, which is where they put all the politics nerds who don't want to be broke. Um, And I'm also a minor in uh, international studies, or international relations, my bad. And uh, it's been keeping me pretty busy. Wow. Are you serious? Those are your majors. Did you go, when you went to Indiana University, now I remember you back when you were a senior. Right. And, um, God help you. I know. Well, you know, to be fair, senior year is rough for a lot of people. Right. 
and there's this expectation that you got to know like what you're gonna, going to be doing right. right when you graduate from high school. You have to have this predestined like uh, roadmap already there for yourself. And I, I don't think back when you were a senior that you had these majors. This list of major, these specific. Not, not at the outset of senior yes. year, I didn't. Mm -hmm. That's definitely for sure. But by the end of the year, this you had yeah, these as the, your majors. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I, mean, I knew you were going to go into business, but all this, um, the political aspects of it, I didn't know that. Really, I thought you would have thought the exact opposite. No, I knew that you would have. You you would be good at it, but I didn't realize that that's where you were embracing right. as much as you are, because yeah. you have embraced it more than more so. Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. If anything, I've gone the opposite direction, and now I've embraced more of the politics than the business part of it. I just don't see myself as like an investment banker, 80 hours a week, no. cooped up in some New York hedge, mm -hmm. man hedge fund management firm. No, I, I mean, I see, I've always I thought you would be I a good person it. for um, working for like, a political action committee or, right. um, you know, even running for office himself yeah. eventually. The, uh, the current goal is after I finish undergrad, and part of the reason I chose my major is because mm -hmm. it allows me to be hooked in both to the corporate world and the political world mm -hmm. and the economic modeling skills I've developed and the general knowledge of how corporate structures and financial mechanisms work mm -hmm. um, prepare me for not just private sector careers but also public sector careers. Wow. And okay. after undergrad, I'm planning on attending law school where I want to focus in contract and property law. Okay. And then I, I don't know, we'll figure out from there. i got to pay off wow. the student loans at that point. <laughs> You're going to have some major student loans at that oh, point. I know. That's why it's contract of property law. I Those know. are the ones that pay like 200000 a year. So, well, I, you know, just kind of asking politically, um, right. would you be okay with uh, some, of what the, some of the proposals that uh, the Democratic Party are making regarding student loans and, and free college, et cetera? I, I would be... Sad. I would be fine with some of them. I think in most cases, when you look at like the Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren style plans, I think that's a bit pie in the sky, but I think people aren't giving those two particularly enough credit, and they're assuming that they believe that right out of the bat, they'll be able to guarantee tuition to everybody. I, you know, you don't get to the Senate by not being an intelligent human being. Right. I think... Sanders and Warren definitely know that they're going to have to negotiate down and because more than likely they're going to be facing a, in the event that they win in 2020, they'll be facing a narrowly Republican Congress mm -hmm. or a narrowly Republican Senate and then possibly a Republican Congress. Okay. Um, they're going to have to negotiate down from whatever starting point they have with their policy plank to something that's amenable not just to the majority of Democrats, but to the Joe Manchins, the Kirsten Cinemas, mm -hmm. the moderates in the Democratic Party, as well as some of the more uh, moderate-leading Republicans, such as mm -hmm. Collins and Murkowski. And it's kind of—it's basically the same, like art of the deal. Right. Trump has the same philosophy. He, his, I think his philosophy was always: you have to go really big. Whenever you go in, you right. go big. You ask for as much as you can, because that's mm -hmm. your negotiating tool. Yeah. So when he does something that's loud and um, um, larger than life, it's to give him negotiating room right. to come back. Yeah. So it's very similar to that. So um, are you are you okay with student loan forgiveness for students I, who are just graduating? I would be satisfied with student loan forgiveness. Okay. Now what about this? Okay, I went to school, paid off my student loans. Right. Explain to me, like if you're for that, for student loan forgiveness, explain to me as someone who has paid off his student loans, worked hard to do that myself, and all these other people out there who, are, who have done that, why that is fair. Because I think people just want to be treated fairly in society. Right. And I agree with you on that. And to some degree, I definitely understand what you're saying. And I do think that to some degree, it would be unfair that there have been millions of Americans that have had to put themselves through college and, you know, in many more cases, to have to pay off their student loans through years and years of arduous work. Mm -hmm. Whereas now there's potentially going to be a handout of some sorts that would forgive some or if, you know, the congressional majorities were to swing way left, um, all of uh, the tuition. Mm -hmm. Um, or all of the student loan debt, my bad. Um, 
and there is a there is a little bit of unfairness to that. However, what I want to swing back at is there's uh, there's also an unfairness to the younger generations who, due to the rising costs of colleges, because if you look at cost of living mm -hmm. increases over time sure. and in the inflation rate, and then the increase in college tuition, mm -hmm. the increase in college tuition over the past few decades is, is like skyrocketed past mm -hmm. what you would think would be a proportional increase to living standards right. and the minimum wage and you know median wage standards. Mm -hmm. um, it's unfair that now, in order to get the same level of education that people in your generation did, they now have to bring on a huge debt burden. It's unfair that they live in the um, one of the more tight labor markets where mm -hmm. people are forced to take two or three jobs just to get by in some right. cases because people are retiring later. Um, there's just a lot less positions that are open at this mm -hmm. point, which is a natural part of the economic right. cycle. Um, it's unfair that they don't have the opportunity to establish wealth for themselves early on and they don't have the opportunity, like people in your generation did, to cut back on their debt as it was for you guys. I mean, there was a whole generation of people who were basically swept under the rug, uh, recent college graduates during the 2008 recession mm -hmm. because every firm was closing up shop and uh, massively decreasing their hiring. And then when it came time to start hiring people back, it wasn't the young professionals, it was the people whose jobs they had to, you know, begrudgingly give away. So that's so, how you end up with a bunch of people. But you are, think, uh, it, to be fair though, uh, you know, uh, it's like saying, well, isn't that like just the current generation saying we have it so much tougher than uh, previous generations? Isn't that what you're saying? I'm not. That, that's, I that, understand. To me, that's kind of what it is, like you're saying. Look, it costs more to live right now. Yeah, I, I get that. I mean, I know, I know, I started off, my first job was at Ogilvy Park at the Good right. Zoo, and I made a buck thirty-five an hour. Right. And, you know, but, it, you know, gas was a lot cheaper then. Right. And so, you know, there was this, this idea that we, we're all learning how to do this. Right. And it's like, how can we compare, like, how much things cost now to how much they cost earlier? And don't you think that... I guess I wasn't really getting my point across as, as well as I'd hoped to. Yeah. Um, the point I was, make, I was hoping to make is that any way you slice it, there's going to mm -hmm. be some degree of unfairness. And right. I know it'll sting for people who have That's already fair. paid yeah. off their student loans, but just, I don't know, think of all the people who won't have to deal with that burden, who can now buy a house, who can establish that life. Would you, what, what about, what about like Andrew Yang's proposal? with the um, $1,000 per month. Well, if you remember, I think I wrote mm -hmm. my, my senior paper on something very similar mm -hmm. to that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And did you end up posting those videos to YouTube at all? Because if you did, I'm definitely going to take credit for Andrew Yang's entire political career. I'm not sure if I did. Um, but we can find that. But yeah, so, yeah, I'm sure I have that here somewhere. I, I think there's some validity to it as a concept. But wouldn't that be good, though, like if everyone who was of age and you received $1,000, you still have to pay for college, but if right. you choose to use the $1,000 to pay off your student loan, you pay off your student loan with that. Yeah. No, and I think that's a fundamentally sound idea. Mm -hmm. I, I definitely probably, I wouldn't say I'm a vocal proponent of the universal basic income or a guaranteed mm -hmm. minimum income, but I'm definitely far from a detractor of it. Okay. I'd say with regards to student loan payments and giving people the freedom uh, to do with the the handouts that the government provides to them with what they feel they need is definitely a major plus right because uh, means tested programs typically only apply to certain people and there's no way to one size fits all and I personally believe that most people generally have some idea of what's best for them mm -hmm. um, my main concern with the universal basic income is that we're going to see prices surge in response to that. Like I know uh, rent is a big um, uh, example that's brought up there, mainly because Andrew Yang's po uh, housing policy, at least to the extent I've seen it, doesn't really um, cover any correlation between rising rent costs mm -hmm. and uh, the implementation of the UBI. Well, can I ask you, that just to, not to change the subject too right. much, but like since you're talking about Andrew Yang and we talked about uh, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. Right. Out of the three of them, don't you think that Yang, his ideas, um, 
inspire more curiosity among people simply because of the his his style of thinking and his his youth, so to right. speak, in terms of reaching a younger generation. Um, who do you give more credence to in terms of like political candidates uh, out of those three? You mean who do I favor mm -hmm. in terms of turning mm -hmm. out the youth vote? Well, no, no, not even about voting, but like I would, I would much rather personally listen to what Andrew mm -hmm. Yang is saying right. and the ideas he he is presenting because they sound so new to me. Mm -hmm. The the ideas that. Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, right, the rest that's of it's, yeah, it's just I, it's like I've heard that before. I don't feel like there's anything new there, and it's a fresh voice in that. I mean, part of the reason I think that Donald Trump was elected um, was because the uh, people wanted someone different in there. They didn't want a career politician, right. and Andrew Yang is not a career politician, and that's why, to me, I'd much rather hear his ideas than some of the career politicians because. That's the career. You yeah, know, I think that's a know, valid point. I don't know. Well, it's just, the federal government is a very unwieldy, bureaucratic object. Mm -hmm. And we've seen, for better or for worse, what someone with um, less experience in terms of politics does when they're put in charge of the entire federal government of the United States. Donald Trump and, I mean, I think... Either way you look at it, if you're a liberal, you can believe that Don, you definitely believe that Donald Trump is incompetent and has failed in more than a few ways, in due part due his uh, lack of experience. And if you're a conservative, sure, a lot of people have you know learned to love the Donald. However, if you look at people who have um, similar policies to him, like Arkansas Senator uh, Tom Cotton, if you, I feel like more conservatives would be enamored with a um, competent version of Donald Trump, mm -hmm. which Donald Trump being good at his job scares the bejesus out of me and makes me wonder what would happen to anyone who has a, uh, who needs to wear, um, or who doesn't have to wear uh, SPF 50 just to go outside in the summer. Well, now, now you're attacking him for, for that. I understand what you're saying. I, that was think, yeah, that was, yeah, that was, come on, you know better than that. But my thing with him, because of, uh, and I'm not defending Donald Trump. There are right. things that, about Donald Trump that I like and things that I dislike. I definitely agree with. I definitely to me, I just don't like. I don't that. like. I don't like how he has used Twitter. I understand why he's doing that, mm -hmm. um, but I think it is confusing people. Um, I don't. I think. Um, it doesn't allow us to focus on what his agenda is. And I think there's so much in, in, in social media out there about him. We, we can't ever know that. And he's part, and he rose to fame through social media right. and through media. And so it's, that's part of the problem. So he's kind of created this monster. And we don't, I don't know what his, all of his policies right. are. I don't know where he stands on things. And I think that confuses people. It does. It scares people. Like, yeah. you know, just what, you know, what's going on with Iran. I, you know, the recent oh, Twitter yeah. about, like, you know, this is a legal notification of what I can do, and right. he puts it on Twitter for, you know, it bothers me that that's, that's how right. we're communicating now. Yeah. And I don't think it's presidential. No, it, it worries me. And, and it's like, I just wish, I wish it was just, there was a little more class with that, but yeah. I, I, I think people are like, they're done with the class. I think our, our country is changing, and it's not going to get better no i absolutely agree i yeah. think we're kind of and i'd say western europe you can also see this mm -hmm. there i think we're beginning to slide out of the uh the 70 80 year uh liberal world order mm -hmm. consensus mm -hmm. i think everyone's gotten kind of fed up with the the idea that your world leader should be a martin sheen west wing type person right this philosopher king mm -hmm. and a lot of people who felt dejected by the system um prefer someone who maybe not speaks at their level, because mm -hmm. I would say that the average American is definitely more verbose than Donald Trump has been on the campaign trail. Um, I think so, you're right. But maybe, but maybe someone who speaks to their id a little mm -hmm. more. Right. Donald Trump definitely appeals, he, he does the opposite of appealing to our, word, mm -hmm. our better angels, right. I think. And that's what, and I don't, and I think that's what people want, I, which is odd. And people, I, yeah, they want to really get mad. 
Right, and they're they're so frustrated with the way the country is going. And I, who who could possibly give an answer to that to be an an alternative to Donald Trump at this point in the Democratic Party? Looking at people who are running right now, I mm -hmm. couldn't tell you. Right, part so, of me still is hoping for. A, <laughs> this gets dragged out to the convention, and we get a uh, draft movement for Senator Sherrod Brown from Ohio. Mm -hmm. He's a uh, he's economically to the left, but he definitely knows how to speak to the concerns right. of Middle America. Mm -hmm. um, I'd say maybe Pete Buttigieg. I think he's the most serious when it comes to national reconciliation, mm -hmm. and I think. You know, you hear how Joe Biden uh, advertises his ideas for national mm -hmm. reconciliation, and it's, oh, I'm going to cooperate with Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell's never going to sit down and work with him. No, of course not. No. But with Pete Buttigieg, it's, he, he appeals to our mm -hmm. better angels. There's like a Kennedy-esque quality to him. Okay. And um, I think his platform, which, no, I don't speak on behalf of the campaign or mm -hmm. anything, but I'd say that if I were to ideologically define him, he falls under uh, left nationalism, okay. which it's the form of taking pride in your nation, but in mm -hmm. the good parts of it, the tolerance, right. the equality, the uh, opportunity, the social mobility that comes with the ideal of America, rather than the idea of some ethno-state based off the 1950s that the far right has put out. Right. But I, I don't know if Pete Buttigieg is experienced enough to carry mm -hmm. that out. See, I look at... I always, and this is, I, I hate the debates because they're not really debates. They're not. They're not. Yeah. They're not debates. It's not but case. that's just how we uh, we find the general public finds out about these candidates. Right. And so um, I imagine who's going to be, who would be on stage against Donald Trump. Right. And people are going to look at it for entertainment value. Right. Because that's what we, I mean, it's a show. Right. And so... I don't see any of the candidates being able to to put on the show that no. he does. I just don't, and I, unfortunately, that's the whole. That's the sad part about all the tragic part about all of this. There's no one. It's almost like we need someone that's able to sink to that level right. during the debates, but we really don't want somebody to right. be at that level. We don't need somebody. We need somebody to elevate and rise above. Right. And I don't know who's going to be able to do that. And, and I'd say the one mm -hmm. person, and I don't agree mm -hmm. with him on everything politically. Mm -hmm. The one person who can match Donald Trump's uh, firebrand qualities, mm -hmm. who can rile up a crowd, mm -hmm. who can do the angry shouting grandpa thing mm -hmm. as well or better than Donald Trump, but can still pivot and then appeal to mm -hmm. the good nature of America mm -hmm. and try to achieve reform rather than... Um, I don't know regression. I don't want to, you know, sound like I'm endorsing anything. I don't want right. to endorse anything on your behalf. But I, yeah. I'm a Democrat. I work for a Democratic governor mm -hmm. candidate in Indiana. I'm, I'm registered independent. Right. Contrary to what anyone thinks. Right. I'm not a Democrat. Right. I just I see flaws in the system, but I want to make my own decision up about right. different issues. So I'd say the only person mm -hmm. in the field who can uh, sink to Donald's level, but not you know, wade in the, the crap with him is probably Bernie Sanders. Yeah, that's what I thought you were going to say. Because I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, it, Joe Biden will just have an aneurysm if he tries to do I, it. Yeah, I don't, I'm not confident about that at all. I, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. Well, hey, let's get off of politics right. just for a little yeah. bit, if you don't mind. Yeah, um, don't. Went to school. Um, sounds like you got involved in a lot of great things here. yeah. What are your, outside of school, what are your interests still? I know, like, when you were here at Central, big musical person, oh, into swimmer. all kinds of Marvel movies, oh, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Anything, like, culturally that you're doing that you want to talk about? Culturally. So yeah, like, I, uh, cultural arts, anything right. that you're noticing, and, yeah. you know, from being, you know, living in Indiana now. and Yeah. So I, I mentioned offhand earlier that I do mm -hmm. political advocacy work. I work mm -hmm. for a campaign. Mm -hmm. Um doing pretty well at it where it's one of the Democratic governor candidates but in a non-political capacity mm -hmm. I'm the president of the Who's On First improv troupe. Whoa, yeah. good. Uh, yeah, I was wondering if you could say funny. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you were you have always been funny. Yes. Oh, yeah. Shucks. No, seriously. Yeah, all, all the time. People didn't understand your humor. Right. Yeah, but um oh that's that's excellent. I'm glad mm -hmm. you're continuing to do that. So what what's involved with this? 
Um, it's you've seen whose line is it anyways, mm -hmm. right? That's basically mm -hmm. the structure of what we do. Oh wow! So yeah. do you do shows every week or every other Saturday? Oh wow! Yep. Is this in a where is this located? In IU's uh, student union. Wow! So yep. do you have a lot of support there uh, I'd say on a campus? Good bit. Okay. We draw in decent sized crowds. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, is this something? Is it? Um, Anyone can join this, or is this something you created, or anyone can join it? Well, mm -hmm. anyone can audition to join. Mm -hmm. um, there's a vetting process. Obviously, mm -hmm. we need to take callbacks. Mm -hmm. We don't want people who aren't funny in a comedy troupe. Right. Um, but yeah, it's free for everyone. Part of the reason that I uh, fell in love with the troupe is because while some of the other comedy troops on campus wanted daily writing sessions mm -hmm. and daily rehearsals. Ours was given, like, yeah, I, I know, right? Right. Um, Not for improv. Yeah. yeah you, well, you would... You practice just, your improv, yeah, but you don't practice. write your improv. Yeah. yeah. Well, some do um, just straight-up sketch comedy, too. Oh, okay. And those are okay. the ones who write right. it. My bad. Okay. Um, our troupe has prided itself, whatever the past form of pride is, um, on being flexible, being a release for people mm -hmm. rather than something they want to get into. Right. Because um, there are people at IU who are in the other mm -hmm. comedy troops who want a career in comedy. Right. Um, we just see it as a way to have fun, to let steam loose, mm -hmm. and to perform in front of people, and cool. it's fun. Well, good. Good yeah. for you. Good for you. Hey, I got a lot of people that a lot of I, I do the podcast here. I started this. Right. Um, when did I start this? It was back in the fall. Mm -hmm. um, Started working with uh, the Juicebox podcast, which mm -hmm. is here in Wheeling, and they've been doing a really good job bringing in um, people who graduated from Central, mm -hmm. and they've talked about different careers that they they are already exploring in different parts of the country. Mm -hmm. And so, um, some of some of my audience here would be uh, people who are graduates of Central, mm -hmm. and actually, um, I always share the podcast with different students because right. um, sometimes I interview students here at school as well. What kind of advice would you give? Because I as a teacher, I look out and uh, school is changing, and I think my, the students nowadays are more savvy in terms of understanding that the traditional way that we do do um, school is not working anymore. Right. I think I, I just remember, and you probably remember this, like the mm -hmm. the the struggles of having seven, eight classes a day and boom, boom, right. boom, and being here, you know, 7 a.m. until oh, whenever and, and not only swimming or participating in extracurricular mm -hmm. and what a drain it is yeah. on you. Um, what do you see as something that, what kind of advice would you have for students that I have right now for mm -hmm. navigating that and making that transition to college mm -hmm. life? Um. I'd say when it comes to picking out a major, you need to realize that uh, when it comes to, because you're obviously going into a major because that's what you want to do when you get, when, when you get older. Mm -hmm. um, don't hyper-specialize because when people are looking at your resume, they're not looking at, like say, a physics degree, unless you're working at NASA or whatever, and they're saying, wow, uh, this man has a you know, strong knowledge of physics. Or if you're going into let's say finance. If you have a finance degree, great, but you don't need a finance degree to get in there. You should look at your degree as more of a way to show the skills you've learned that you can apply to a career mm -hmm. and less the technical abilities you know. Okay. Like as if you're, like to go back to the finance example, if you have uh, decent math skills and decent critical thinking skills, then you can be fine as a math major or an econ major and go into finance. Mm -hmm. You can be a physics major and go into finance. You don't need to be a finance or accounting major. Right. If you want to go to law school, you don't have to be a pre-law major. You can be an English major. You can be a history right. major. You can even be a business major. Cool. So, like when you um, like going to Indiana, a lot of pe most people around here that we end up going to right. West Liberty or uh, Wheeling College or WVU, and those are all fine schools. Right. Um, but you did something that's kind of out of the norm in this area, going to right. a school in another part of the country. And there wasn't anyone from this area other than you going to Indiana, right? Yeah, not that I know So of. you kind of just went there right. on your own. Yeah. Um, what was that like for you, your, your first year, if you can remember back? What were some of the challenges that you encountered going to a, 
a school right. that was how many miles is it away from here? Is it? It's a lot. It's I, a, don't, yeah. I have a bad. Uh, now you have an excellent memory, so you should know this. Of course, you're probably not sleeping. Ge geography. Yeah. Okay, but That's yeah, I mean, it's at least 500 to it. Yeah, it's got to be 500. Yeah, at least 500 miles right. away. Um, it's a six-hour drive. Oh, well, that's, maybe it's not it's quite 500. Well, let's say it's 300, 400 miles away, right. okay? Um, you're, you're definitely out of the fishbowl here, and yeah. you're into an entirely new mm -hmm. pond, so to right. speak, a uh, much bigger pond. Right. Um, what were the difficulties that you experienced your first year there? There were... So a lot of people who go to IU mm -hmm. are from the suburbs of Chicago, mm -hmm. and many more are from New Jersey, New York, Connecticut. There are a lot of people who came in knowing each other, and then obviously there's all the people from Indiana who knew each other. Right. So to some degree, I, I was worried that I would be lost, that I wouldn't know anybody. Mm -hmm. um, but you'll find if you're going to school out of state, or even if you're going to school in state and it's just a place where you know, not many of your friends are going. A lot of people are trying to branch out. They don't necessarily want to stay friends with the same people that they've stayed friends with through high school. Not that, like, your high right. school friends and, you know, right. your boys back home aren't great. It's just that you want to branch out. You want new experiences. Yeah. So pretty much everyone is open to making more friends. Right. Everyone's open to making new friend groups. Right. And I... The first week of uh, freshman year is probably one of the most fun times of my life. The first like month or so, mm -hmm. it was just this constant feeling of wonder and like, yeah, was I bewildered and you know mildly scared at some points? Sure, absolutely. I was living on my own for the first time. Mm -hmm. I, it was a drastic lifestyle change. Right. But there are other people who are going through the same thing. And everyone's just as nervous. Everyone's starting off on the same foot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's, that's what I like best about that. I, I think that's kind of the neat thing about going to a totally different place. Like when I, after I graduated from uh, West Liberty, right. um, I tried to stay around this area, and I wasn't able to do that. And I moved to North Carolina. But mm -hmm. when you move somewhere else, it's totally different. It's a, it's a clean slate. Yeah. No one knows anything about you. They don't know any of your history. Right. They don't know like how other people feel about you. It's just right. like it's you, who yeah. you are, and it's a chance for, right. you know, you're, yeah. you're an opportunity for you to navigate right. kind of a new world with a different kind of attitude right. if you yeah. wanted to. Leveling right. with the mm -hmm. audience here, I, mm -hmm. I'll admit that I was, uh, you know, I didn't have the easiest time in high school. No, didn't have I mean, a ton of friends. I mean, I'm fine now, though. I have... Yeah. I'm in a fraternity, I'm mm -hmm. in several clubs, I'm really close with oh, yeah. all the people who were on my floor right. last year. Mm -hmm. It's, high school won't define you. No, clearly, yeah, and I think that's the big thing. A lot of people, they worry about that when they're graduating, you know, are their friends gonna stick with them, or, right. you, know, you know, how are people gonna see me? And when, you know, when you're in a high school, you're in one building, and right. you're like, we're in one building here in this small world, and, and chances are it's people you've grown up right with. and it's yeah and it's so magnified everyone knows everything about you and it's just it to me sometimes it's exhausting it is exhausting. it is you it know it was exhausting yeah it is because you like, can't i just like i just want to focus on this and that's why you know college it is scary but it's also an opportunity for you to right. really branch out and develop who it, you are yeah, yeah it allowed me mm -hmm. to start off being the person mm -hmm. i knew i was mm -hmm. rather than the impression that other people had developed absolutely and i mm -hmm. think that was probably the best decision i've ever cool. made well good hey nathan it's been great having you in here absolutely um any movie anyone's got to see any book some people have to read any music anyone has to Ooh. listen to you don't have to tell us anything about it just okay. say hey this is good this is good this is good just give us three suggestions okay. books movies uh, television movies if you haven't seen it yet knives out it's fantastic okay daniel craig i know we all know him as james bond but the guy's a really versatile character actor okay he plays a uh you know a big uh southern gentleman detective investigating a murder that occurs within a fa the family of a famous uh, mystery writer. Okay. And I'm not going to get too into the spoilers. Yeah, but don't do that. Don't do right. that. Yeah. But you're going to feel like your expectations Is it a comedy? Subverted. It's a dark comedy. Dark comedy. It's oh, a dark comedy oh. whodunit. Okay, cool, cool. Um, any kind of music that's popular in Indiana that we may not hear around here? Hmm. 
No, I'd say pretty much everyone listens to the same hip hop at this point. Okay. Um, you're driving around. Mm -hmm. What's what's the last song you were listening to? What's the last song I was listening to? I was listening to an acoustic cover of Sweet Child of Mine. Oh, by? Oh, some dude named Peter. Maybe Paul. Peter or Mary? No, not, not those guys. Peter, Paul, like... No. Sweet no. The, the original song, Sweet Child of Mine, by Guns N' Roses, oh, I, was covered yeah, I by that. some random dude. A random dude named Peter or, or Paul. Paul. There was a P. Peter or Paul. If you have Spotify and you look up Sweet Child of Mine, Mine. Acoustic, okay. it's the first right. or second result. Yeah, that sounds excellent. Well, hey, yeah. it has been great having you Absolutely. here. Uh, thank you so much for coming out. Um, uh, wish you the best of luck Me out too. there in Indiana. It was great, for, great to see you again. Yeah. Uh, you got some time to help me grade some of these scrap folios. I do not. Seriously. I have a little brother that I have to play uh, Monster Hunter with. Noah? No, Ryan. Monster Ryan? Hunter's not like a... It, I mean, it's Noah, a video game. I mean, Noah's a child, well, too. Noah's also going to a swim meet in now minutes. Oh, you, yeah. are, you need to go. Okay. My mom's probably just waiting down there. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you for coming out All today. Right. Um, you have a good one. Good luck. You second too. semester and um yeah i need it it's gonna be too many too many oh, ap yeah. papers to <laughs> to read oh, it'll God. be all right it's all right there. Yeah. it's all good thanks for coming out oh all yeah, right, buddy. of course all right that's noah blair no it's not it's nathan blair no it's noah blair oh my god you're doing this to you're doing this to get at me i am yeah yeah it's nathan blair sorry i'm the tall one <laughs> noah paid me five dollars to do that did he really yes he oh, did of course that's well, he's an idiot. No, I'm just joking. Well, if your mom hears that, I did not call him that. Noah, I didn't call you he did. that. I didn't. But thank you for the um, the the chocolate peanut or peanut right, those thing. Were good. Those were really good. I, that's your like mother's the majority of my Your mother should mail those to you like every month. I'm trying to get her to. Well, you yeah. know. That's all right. Yeah. All right, buddy. Take it easy. Right, Have a good too. day. All right.